Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuck with Hypnopunk Transformation with Edge. And today's episode is all going to be about why I podcast, why I use the medium of sound to communicate with people and um, why I really got into this and why it's such a personal thing for me. Um, but before I do that, I'd like to thank each and every one of you that have left your five-star reviews on iTunes, however you listen to this podcast. I keep putting out this podcast as I keep putting out my videos and my blog posts for you free of charge, and it will stay that way. Um, the only thing I ask is if you enjoy these, then please like and share and comment on them, pass them along, and leave your five-star reviews on iTunes or on your Google Android or your Google Play, and let me know, because that motivates me to continue to put out this free content for you to help you along your journey. And also to sweeten the deal, for any one of you that continue to leave the five-star reviews uh, on whatever format you listen to this podcast, then please do take a snapshot of that when you put it online and send it to me at mail, M-A-I-L, at lukenosis, L-U-K-E-N-O-S-I-S.com, mail at lukenosis.com, and we'll book you a complimentary 30-minute unstuck telephone or skype session with me um where we can help you become unstuck about something in your in your life please bear in mind this is not a hypnosis session this is not a therapy session i am not here to listen to your problems it's simply to find out some of this perhaps kept you stuck in your life and perhaps strategize some ways to unstick yourself and get over it get through it um, or go underneath it to get to the next level of your life so please do that and we will continue this podcast now so why do i podcast why the medium of sound now i am a very auditory guy i'm very sensitive to sound sounds typically motivate me and they can uh, send me into a crazy rage at times as well if you ask the nearest and dearest to me in my life <clears throat> but how i got into um to sound and talk radio, if you will, was is growing up in England. We we did not have a lot of talk radio stations. In fact, in the nineties, we we only had one um, for the first half of the nineties. It was called LBC. Um, I believe it was London Broadcasting Company. I believe that's what it sounded for. And it was just talk radio. And I remember um, staying with my nan or grandmother to uh, my North American friends, and she would listen to LBC talk radio. Um, it would always be playing on in the background, and she would go to sleep to it every night. And I always remember that as a 10 or 11-year-old hearing that, and at the time just thinking, oh, this is this is boring. It's just people talking nonsense. But I, I realized that she got some type of... Uh, I guess real deep intimate connection with with those sounds with, with hearing people at night and then probably about 1993 I kind of adopted this unconsciously at the time and would find myself um, listening to these uh, late night shows because I was you know a very fucked up kid and um, where other kids would be listening to um, music I'd be listening to talk radio and it being very isolated and um, being very agoraphobic 
it, it gave me a kind of window into the world. It gave me some kind of connection. I'd hear, hear the radio host and feel a, that connection because I'd hit, be literally hearing them going into my head through the headphones, as, as you may be when you're listening to this podcast. And it built this built this very, very uh, intimate bond of um, something that I've, I guess I've now carried around for about 28 years. And it was really, really impressionable by me. And um, one of the first um, shock jocks, if you will, uh, in England was a guy called Nick Abbott. And he was on a radio station called Virgin that got launched in 1993. And um, everyone was doing their usual rock and roll um, pop music shows and, and he would have a little bit of that but he'd have a nightly phone-in show and it was it was the kind of shows that i'd imagine that would have in america but i didn't have access to and he would hang up on people and seemingly be rude and although he wouldn't swear uh, he'd have colorful metaphors and would be very very edgy and i just thought this guy was the coolest guy nick abbott and as as a crazy fanboy at the time, as a complete maniac, I would write him letters probably at least once a month, and I'd even write on. I'd have question after question about getting into radio, to a point where I'd give my sister literally tons of letters to send out every month to different radio DJs out there to find out how to break into the business and to get pictures of them and stuff. And Nick would always respond to me, and he, he had no reason to do that, and um, but he did. And um, that was that was that was quite impressionable for me. And then I would call into um, LBC Radio, and I became friends with one of the late night producers of the show. And again, I'm a 13, 14 year old kid. It, it could sound a bit weird, um, but this guy was on the up and up. And um, I actually got to go, you know, as a, as a teenager to LBC Radio and look around all the studios and stuff. And this this chap called Adam Moore showed me around, and my dad was with me. And uh, it, it was just really, really cool. He had no reason to do that, but he gave me a glimpse of, of what that, that world looked at. And I would call in from time to time on shows that he was producing and, and speak on the air. And, and being this very lonely boy growing up with, with not a lot of social skills, not a lot of friends, not really being able to communicate, this, this world of talk radio fused with professional wrestling, if you will, it, it gave me a glimpse of something else. Wrestling was about, it was, it, for me, it was about becoming a superhero. But talk radio was about connecting with people, connecting with myself, that, that even though at 4 a.m. in the morning I may be in this pit of anxiety or despair, that there was someone else, there was something else that was going on out there. There was another other voice there was other people that were that were communicating there was a world there were there were people that were awake at that time um that, that that were witnessing one another and i was witnessing these people when i was listening to them on air and it just i don't know it just built this really huge fascination with the the medium of of talk radio growing up and i remember um saving up some money and as a about 15 16 year old doing a one day course at lbc radio with, with one of the hosts and um learning certain ins and outs and insider uh, kind of things and i remember that another station opened up in england in about 95 and it's called talk radio uk and it was it was a second talk radio station and it, it only lasted about a year and it was everyone had this uh, a personality everyone had this certain edginess to them and i mean i mean listening to this and, and now lbc having competition it was just really really exciting uh to listen to and unfortunately the format changed after about a year into a radio uh 
sports talk radio station and it was very very different um but it it just built up these edgy characters out there with 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 di- with different personalities in in the wild wild west communicating it was just this special world that i felt that um I had a privilege to be a part of in, in some form or fashion and it again fostered this bond into me and then i would um ask these guys how do you get into radio and they would always recommend you know college radio we didn't have a lot of those in england back in the uh, 90s or, or or hospital radio so i as a like a 15 14 15 year old i got a uh, a hospital radio volunteer job on moorfields eye hospital moorfields eye hospital is supposedly the most famous eye hospital in in in, in the whole world certainly certainly in europe and um, I went there and they had uh, all these vinyl records and it wasn't particularly a talk station. They wanted to play music all the time, but really music from the 60s, 70s, which was uh, which was before my time, should we should we say. And all I want to do is I want to do that talk radio where it was edgy, where it was you didn't know what was going to happen next. It was it was exciting. People were outlaws. And I was the youngest guy on this station, and I'd have to go around uh, from different wards to collect um, what would what do you call them um, requests from patients that were staying in there. Um, and everyone that was the person who was running the station was about seventy-five, and the manager at my night was about fifty-five, and he's a really miserable old bastard. And everybody um, who worked for him, even as a volunteering job, ended up leaving after a couple of months because he just had really no social skills, and he was very, very unpleasant. And so I'd go go down, and um, I'd get my requests from some of these clients or some of these patients. And um, then I would um, just tear it up and I would make up what songs um, I could play <laughs> so I could play my own songs. Now, we were not allowed to play songs that mention anything about eyes or sight or, or anything like that because it was an eye hospital. So, of course, the first song I played was uh, Smoke Gets In Your Eyes just to um, <laughs> to rub people up the wrong way in some form or fashion. And I would fuse music in there and I would do some phonings and uh, I would do some bits while I was while I was on the air and it, it really kind of got me in front of that microphone and got me to do something um, that I was very very passionate about and did that did that for a couple of years and I used to record every show even back then so I, I desperately wanted to see how much I'd improve and how I could change this word or that word or add this bit in here and I was the only person who would record um, I believe every every um, show that I ever did because I was obsessed with getting better. I was obsessed with making these tapes and sending them off to different radio stations because you know I was I was my goal as a kid. So I wanted to be a talk radio show host in England like we did in America. And I remember then going on and working at another hospital radio station, which was a lot more professional, a lot more update, uh, through the Whittington Hospital, which was in North London, very close to me. And this was like a real studio with real, we're actually playing CDs here. And um, it was like a cutting edge equipment in the, in the late 90s. And I was really excited. And there was a younger, there was a younger uh, set of DJs, younger set of radio presenters and uh, a different demographic in the hospital. And it was only a hospital and uh, very close uh, residents around the local area that could listen to it. But it was like actually doing a real radio show and would do some shows there with my good friend uh, Ahmed um, back in the day. And it was, it was a lot of fun and it was, and it was very exciting. And, I didn't do anything with talk radio then for 
I guess that was in the late 90s, for, probably for about 20 years until until late last year when, when podcasts uh, started to become all the rage. And it, to bridge that, to bridge that time, actually, I um, was a big Howard Stone fan. Now, before the internet in England, nobody really knew who Howard Stone was, but I'd, I'd, I'd heard references to him in the, in the early 90s, and I was like, this guy here, this is the king of all media, this is a great radio guy, I need to listen to this guy. And I remember seeing the movie Private Parts when it came out, the Howard Stern movie, and it was the only movie that I'd ever seen twice in the cinema. And it was just this introverted character who would go on air and just, just be completely honest and without having to edit himself back in the day. And that was so appealing to me. It was so appealing to be able to communicate through words, to be honest, to be your version of honest, to communicate to an audience, to, to have a voice, to have people listen to, to get inside people's ears, to get inside people's heads and to influence them in some ways, to let them know they're not alone, whether it's 3am in the morning or it's um, they're travelling to work in rush hour at 7am in the morning or they're coming home from work after a busy stressful day at 5 p.m. in the afternoon drive time on the morning breakfast shows which were, were typically the most successful most listened to shows that that no matter where you were that there was someone else out there there was someone else there was life that was going on there was a world that was going on and it seemed like a very intimate intimate world that was going on not, not everyone a part was a part of it and as much as I love tv the medium of talk radio just just influenced me so much so fast forward until 20 years later I uh kind of left that to one side and started to develop this podcast that I do for you now and it's not something that's monetized it's not something I do for money it's something I do for the for the for the people out there that that listen and, and perhaps they think that there's no one else out there that can hear them that there's no one else out there that is witnessing them I, I know that you exist I know that you're out there I know that you listen to it I know your world may be overcrowded with emotions like anxiety, like fear, like sadness, like loneliness. And sometimes hearing someone's voice acknowledging you, hearing that there's someone else out there that you can share this this, this Lucaverse with, if you will, it, it can make things not seem as dark, not seem as gloomy, not seem as scary, because there's someone else out there, there's this, there's this Lucaverse, if you will, that, that, that you're a part of. You are a part of the Lucaverse if you're listening to this. And by me doing this podcast, it's a way of me giving back to to what talk radio meant for me as a youngster, how it got me through some some dark, dark times, being very, very lonely, being very, very isolated in my life. It helped get me through that and realise that the world wasn't such a big, scary, mean, horrible place, that indeed there was good people out there, there was intelligent conversation going out there, there was communication and that's the reason I do this, Is that's the reason I put these podcasts out there to help you to connect the pieces in your life to realize that whatever you're going through keep going through it until you're through it so you get out of the other side you can get out of the other side it may take a second it may take a minute it may take an hour it may take a day it may take a week a month a year but there is hope there is hope that you can get out of the other side there is someone there there is a world there waiting for you so I ask you, what's something in your life that, that meant so much to you? 
perhaps growing up, perhaps as a youngster that helped to get you through some dark times, that perhaps that you could give back into the world in some form or fashion. Maybe it's writing a book. Maybe it's starting your own podcast or radio show. Maybe it's giving a talk. Maybe it's running a group for, for, for people who are where you once were, but you thankfully got out of it. What is something that you can do to give back? Because I often get clients that want to have the elusive self-esteem. They want to experience more self-esteem. They want to feel better about themselves. And you know one of the tasks I give all my clients that come in with that request? It's to say, go out every day and do something kind for someone. Not because you were being a pussy, not because you wanted to take something, not because you, you're wanting good karma to come back to you in some form or fashion, because that's just bullshit. It's not imperial, you can't prove it. But what's something you can do every day to make someone else feel better about themselves? Truly. And you don't have to go and bang on about it and say, oh, I gave money to a homeless person today and, and broadcast it on Facebook because that kind of trashes everything that you did, the good work. What's something that you could do silently and not broadcast to the world, but you could do something kind for someone to make them feel better about themselves every day for no other reason than you want to make the world a better place? Because you see, when you start to do that regularly, your self-esteem cannot not be affected. It cannot not be affected. And although you're not doing this to build your own self-esteem, you're doing it to pick other people up. But at the same time, this crazy, weird phenomenon happens where you start to feel better about yourself. Because you are, as Gandhi says, being that change that you want to see in the world. You are making that difference. It's a very, very special thing. So look inside yourself and ask yourself, Instead of take, take, taking all the time or how tough your life is, just say, hey, what could I give back right now? What could I give back to the world? What was something that changed my life that I could learn to do, that I could give that gift to someone else? What am I good at that I could give away for free for something? Just, just to make the world a better place, to pay it forward, so to speak. Random acts of kindness, if you will. What's something you could do? Sit down with pen and paper after this podcast listen back again if you need to and as talk radio what it meant to me and the reason i do this what's your talk radio what's your version of the podcast think about it give back to the world because a lot of people were value takers we want more we want to take from people take people's money take people's sex take people's souls if you will that sounded a bit satanic 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 satanistic if you will but i didn't mean it like that but what we're taking Stop being value takers and be value givers. What could you give back to the world? What gift could you give? What gift do you have inside? Think about it. Ask yourself and find your version of the podcast. So that's why I podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and Luke-aholics. Um, and I have developed a five-page plan, and it is called Five Ways to Become Unstuck in Your Relationship. If you would like a copy of that for free, this uh, ebook, Five Ways to Become Unstuck in Your Relationship, then just shoot me over an email at mail at lukenosis.com. It will be underneath wherever you are listening to this podcast. Send me an email, say, Luke, I want that five ways to become unstuck in a relationship and I will send that off to you ASAP. So we've got many, many more wonderful podcasts coming up over the next few weeks. So stay tuned and again, like, share 
all these podcasts that I'm putting out grow the force so we have more and more listeners so I can put more and more content out there for you. And as I always like to say at the end of these podcasts, always believe. <laughs>